Welcome to Funeral Directors Chat, where funeral professionals discuss industry topics, trends, and news. And now your host, Nancy Bourbon. Hi, this is Nancy Bourbon, your host for Funeral Directors Chat. Today I'd like to welcome a good friend, our guest, Monica Vernette Gray. She's a funeral director out of the Chicago area. And today we'll be discussing how women are changing the face of the death care industry. Welcome, Monica. Thank you, Nancy. Tell me a little bit about when you first decided to become a funeral services director. How old were you and how did you come to that realization that this is something you wanted to do? I knew as a very young girl that I wanted to work in funeral service. In fact, I would say I was about nine or ten years old. I used to read the obituaries in the local newspaper to my mother, and it didn't upset me to attend funerals with my parents. So then you made the decision very early in life. When did you actually first start studying or, or starting a course of study to become a funeral services professional? I actually did not attend mortuary school until I was 29 years old. But I did uh, go to mortuary school for one year. I have a diploma in mortuary science. I completed a one-year apprenticeship, and then I got my license, and I continued to do legal secretarial and funeral service until I had a tragedy in my family. A very close relative of mine uh, died. He died in church from an aneurysm. He was only 34 years old. That was a turning point in my life, and I made a decision at that point that I wasn't going to do the two careers. So I decided that funeral service was my passion, so it's been four years since he's, um, he's deceased. And I've been on my own trying to be the best funeral service practitioner that I can be. I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And very often when we have losses in life, it does make us take a different direction. Um, Did you become more spiritual? Did you decide that you wanted to um, help other people through their grief experience? Is that something that entered into your decision? Partially that, but I think it was more so that I realized how short life was, how short life is, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's one thing to do everything that everybody else wanted me to do, but the ultimate decision is mine. And I'm a funeral professional. And that's what I've always wanted to be. Unless you say, I want to be there for people in their hour of bereavement. I've always wanted to be compassionate and do this line of work. That's really wonderful. Now, Monica, who were your early influences? I know you decided that, you know, this is something I want to do, but were there any influences, the media? um, Did you attend a service that you thought was especially poignant, that you said, this is something that I would like to grow up and become? I would have to say it's the media because I did not have a personal mentor at the time. And I really enjoyed watching Quincy, the medical examiner. I don't know if you remember that show from the 70s. Oh, I do. As well as... Yeah, the Adams Family, Morticia Mm -hmm. from the 60s. In fact, my oldest daughter's name is Morticia, and my business is called Morticia's Funeral Services, Inc. So I would have to attribute Quincy and Morticia and the media for inspiring me and encouraging me to be where I am today. Oh, that's interesting. I know. (laughs) Historically, Monica, women were the first caretakers of the dead in the United States. They were called the layers out of the dead. They were accepted just as many women were who worked as midwives or nurses at the time. It was only after the education became formalized that it was deemed inappropriate for women and men took over the industry. Today, over 57% of all students graduating from mortuary colleges are women. So I guess you'll agree that the face of the death care industry seems to have come full circle. 
What are your feelings about that, Monica? Nancy, I believe that the public is very accepting of female funeral directors. Sometimes the public is more accepting than our counterparts, our male funeral director counterparts. But I will say that women do tend to be a little bit more nurturing by nature. I agree. Um, the economic uncertainties that we've been facing over the past couple years have made it necessary for you to wear many different hats. Um, for example, you will drive a hearse if, if need be or deliver a eulogy at the, um, at the cemetery. You've literally had to reinvent yourself. Can you share that experience with us for a minute? Sure, um, Nancy, I do. I do drive a hearse. Well, it depends because I'm licensed in Illinois and Indiana. I don't have to drive the hearse in Indiana, but uh, the lead car in Illinois is a hearse. So I do drive it I, and I do make removals and I do conduct funeral services. And there have been occasions where there were graveside services and a minister didn't show up. And, you know, and you get, I would get the Bible out and, you know, read Psalms 23 or we recite the Lord's Prayer or something like that. So you just basically have to get in where you fit in and just... Whatever hat you need to wear at that time, just put it on and go for what you know. Well, it's, I see I see that you do many different things. You're very diverse. That, that's a great trait. Um, do you advise others to um, be a little bit more flexible in, in what their service offerings are? Absolutely. You know, the economy the way it is, I, we don't really have the luxury to say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Either you're going to be a funeral service professional or you're not. Mm -hmm. So wherever the work is and whatever needs to be done... If you're going to, you know, step up to the plate and do it, then you'll be working. Well, I think that's why you're so popular in your area. I know people really love you and they speak very highly of you. What's a Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> it's true. It's true. What's a typical day like for you, Monica? You know what? I call myself the fifth wheel or the spare tire mm -hmm. because usually when I get called in, somebody's either on vacation or sick or the funeral home has um more services than they have licensed people. So they bring me and maybe even other licensed professionals as myself in. And then there are also times when I make removals, I file death certificates, file them, do all the kind of paperwork. The typical day I could either be conducting a funeral, burial service, or I can be doing paperwork just as the need arises, or as if the shoe fits, I put it on. I mean that, that's a that's a great that's a great thing to to let our listeners know because you can't just do one thing you have to do so many different things and you have to be good at all those things as well is that right? Yeah, because sometimes the the public will look at us and they'll see the shiny cars and everybody's all dressed and look nice and they think probably that's all that we do. But there's actually a lot of work involved, you know, in being in funeral service. And like I mentioned earlier, you really shouldn't stand and pick and choose and say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. You should be cooperative, a team player and be willing to do anything that needs to be done. Women in the funeral service industry lead a very scattered life and have unique stressors. Um, you don't wake up in the morning knowing what you're going to be doing or, and you know, death doesn't take a holiday. It can happen any time of the day or night. Um, Absolutely. How do you handle those, those unique stressors? Well, when I get home, you know, I like to read romance novels. I like to listen to traditional and smooth jazz. And I love classic black and white movies. Oh, that's great. I love that, too, actually. And so you do that to really gain some balance in your life and, and gain some... I sure do. Okay. That's great. Um, is there anything that you do in your town or any special projects? Are you on any committees? Yeah, I try to be active in our local uh, trade associations. 
I'm the secretary of the Cook County Funeral Directors Association, which was formerly the Illinois Funeral Directors Association, District 2A. Uh-huh. I'm also a member of the Illinois Selected Morticians. I sing soprano in my church choir. Oh, that's and great. And I started a grief ministry at my church a few years ago, too. Oh, that's great. And I know that you've been on local TV as well. I did a talk show interview during this uh, catastrophic period of time in Chicago when we had the horrendous scandal at Burr Oak Cemetery. And one of the local uh, talk show hosts invited me on for a half-hour show, a half-hour interview, actually. I know. I remember seeing that, Monica. And I remember, I remember thinking that um, what a horrific thing having uh, people uh, interred, b- brought, you know, the graves disturbed. And that must have been very difficult for the families. And yet, you really had such a great way with um, explaining how that was going to be made all right and things were going to be brought back to normal. And I think that you brought such a caring, uh, such a caring concern um, that it really helped. It wasn't just a news story. It was a story about, well, you know, these things do happen, but we're going to make it right again. How can I make this right? That's my philosophy. So I wanted to be, you know, as supportive as I can. It was just really horrible. And we really didn't have any answers. For the families, but, you know, we still could be, you know, optimistic and offer them hope and encouragement because that's what they really needed. Because the families were basically grieving all over again, whether the death was a week ago or 10 years ago or even 30 years ago. Just the fact that your mom or your grandmother or somebody was disturbed, it's like the grieving process started all over again. Yes, I know. It's, it's, it's a horrific thing. But one thing you did do is you put a face to it and you gave care and concern to these to these folks. And um, you made them feel a little bit better than they had before they turned on the broadcast. Thank you. Now, do you have any advice for young women entering the funeral service industry? Because a lot of young women will be listening to this and looking to you for your advice as a seasoned professional. Okay, Nancy, I'll give it my best shot. Okay. I will encourage them to be strong and focused and encouraged and not to be afraid to work for themselves or create opportunities for themselves. There are going to be obstacles and challenges, especially today with the economy. It's less than stellar. However, there is an enormous amount of opportunities for female morticians, be it working for others or putting their own shingle out for business. I would also encourage them to be open to personalization, too, because there are consumers who really don't want a cookie cutter service. I'm actually considering taking funeral celebrant training myself as one of my professional goals for this year because a funeral celebrant is somebody who works with families when they may not necessarily want a church service. They may not even have a church home, but they want to use a celebrant because the celebrant will emphasize the deceased's unique life and personality, you know, more of a tribute to the deceased. So that's one of my, actually one of my personal goals for the year. Okay. No, that's, that's great. So you're saying that basically they would hire someone who would be a celebrant in lieu of a, um, a clergyman that they've never met before. Probably so. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Who's going to just give a cookie cutter, um, eulogy that he's probably given 500 times before with a different name. Right. And usually they just come in and do the service and leave, whereas a funeral celebrant will actually show up maybe the day before or a couple of days before and sit down and work with the family, whether it's gathering pictures to do an easel or just really, you know, taking the time to get to know the deceased as much as they can, you know, learn from the family members. That, that sounds very interesting. And they would obviously have a more stable, um, more, they would be more stable in delivering the eulogy than a bereaved family member would. Right, exactly. 
What about in the case of cremation? Do you still believe there should be a, um, a service or some kind of a celebration preceding the cremation? I do, Nancy. I do believe it should be a memorial service because, you know, when you have a death in the family, it's your loved one. But that person was also a member of a community. So, I mean, it's, it's your personal loss, but other people are, are grieving, too, because they love that person, too. Maybe not as much as you did, but they did love that person. And, you know, they do need an avenue or an outlet to, you know, safely grieve in a non-threatening environment. And, then, you know, that's what funerals and cemeteries and memorial services are for. So people can, you know, some people actually start the grieving process because they're in denial. So they actually start the grieving process when they actually go to a funeral or a memorial service because, you know, at that point you can't be reality impaired anymore. Monica, what new trends do you see in the death care industry? How has it changed over the past couple of years? I believe there's, we're going to get more exposure and information on green burials and eco, eco-friendly embalming fluid. Mm-hmm. I believe cremation as a choice for disposition is going to continue to increase, in part because of the economy, but also as a personal choice. I see more strategic alliances with uh, the funeral homes coming together to share livery, employees. They may even buy a crematory together. More people are going to start uh, taking funeral celebrant training and offering this service to families. And we can't forget social media either with LinkedIn and Facebook. And I'm even going to throw online obituaries into this mix where the families maybe who can't come out of town, families or friends, or even the local ones who can't even make the services. This is an opportunity for them to sign a guest book and leave words of encouragement for their families. I know LinkedIn, I really like it because it links me with other professionals in the country that I normally probably would never meet. And the same with Facebook. I actually have a Facebook page for myself and for my business, and it actually has increased my exposure personally and professionally to people and mortuary students across the country. In fact, on my fan page, that's an assignment. I should tally up how many uh, people from different countries are on there because there's got to be at least... 20 or 25 countries represented of funeral service people or students on my fan page, Morticia's uh, Funeral Services Inc. fan page. Okay. Uh, so I think social media is definitely here. To, you know, it's a, it's a win-win situation to me. I know some people are skeptical of it, and you do have to be careful. Yes, you do. Uh, Nancy, you probably noticed there are a lot of funeral homes on Facebook now, and some of them will put like a little saying for the day or quote for the day while others are posting um, obituaries. So they're definitely getting a lot of mileage out of it. Oh, no, I think I hear that all the time. And also it gives a face to the funeral home before they actually walk through the door. They can actually see if they're caring, compassionate, and they can see what their values are. And that's very important. That's right. That's right. Monica, do you have any final thoughts? Nancy, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for allowing me to participate in this interview and represent uh, female funeral professions, hopefully in a very positive way. And if anybody has any questions for me or they'd like to reach out to me, I would like to give you my email address at vernet one at msn.com. That's V-E-R-N-E-T-T-E, the number one, at msn.com. Or they can also reach out to me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Okay. My name is Monica Vernette Gray. Great. Thank you so much, Monica. I had such a great time chatting with you today. 
United Priority Distributors offers an extensive catalog of unique and exclusive cremation urns, including artistic urns, veterans' memorials, and brass urns that can be engraved and shipped the same day. For more information, visit unitedpriority.com.